HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Kat Johnson, and today we are broadcasting live from Charleston Wine and Food. We want to thank our lovely sponsor, the Julia Child Foundation, for making our coverage possible, and to Charleston Wine and Food for having us down for our fifth year in a row. Um, I'm joined once again by Hannah Forden. Five years. My uh, partner in crime. (laughs) And we have one of our very, very good friends joining us on the sofa now, Krista Cotton of El Guapo Bitters. Hi. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Krista has been making sure that we have delightful, delicious cocktails in our hands pretty much this whole festival. Since we touched down. I don't know how we would do it without you. Um, We were lucky enough to have Krista making cocktails for our guests. We had a welcome party on Wednesday for some of our friends here uh, who come in for the festival and who are based here in Charleston at Basic Kitchen. Um, can, do you want to just like get, just make make our listeners jealous of the amazing cocktails yes. we got to sip on? Well, we had a beautiful space at Basic Kitchen, and we were lucky enough to have Eli Sussman and Alon Shia make some delectable bites. So we partnered with High Wire Distillery, which is based here locally in Charleston, and we made black old fashions with their Amaro and their rye whiskey. We put some coffee bitters in there and um, some spiced pecan syrup, and it was amazing. And then we also made a vodka punch situation with their vodka and some tiki bitters that we make uh, with some really great dehydrated lime garnishes and some club soda and everybody had a great time. It was fabulous. I don't know if you saw, but I, we sent an email newsletter out today. We do it every Saturday. Oh man, and I, I had didn't some photos see it. and there is Starring. a killer, killer photo of you serving a cocktail. It's like a close-up of your hand because your nails are always <laughs> well, cocktail sh- ready. <laughs> Shout out to Mad Nails in New Orleans. My friend Morgan does an excellent job at some very silly and fun manicures. Um, that's, I guess, sort of my, become my signature. Everyone looks for what my manicure looks like these days. But um, yeah, Morgan does a great job. And I'm excited to see the e-blast. I didn't see that this Yeah, morning. and I'll, I sent you all the photos as well, so... I did see those. Yes. Uh, I'm moving a little slow this morning. I think we had a little bit too much fun last night at yes. the I don't know what you're talking party. about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I went to bed at, yeah. at 9.30. At a very reasonable hour. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So what other, what other <laughs> events have 
have you and El Guapo been participating in? And then what events have you just enjoyed going to? So we partnered with Angels Envy to do a really cool event last night um, at Mash and Mercantile. They put together sort of a sushi menu. And instead of you ordering an old fashioned and it's just their straight concoction, you choose your bitters and you choose your syrup. There were maybe 20 different options. And then everything was made with Angels Envy. Uh, it was really fun. We had a great time doing that. And then um, I've been serving cocktails in the industry lounge, which we enjoyed yesterday. Yes. I think you guys all got a taste of that. Uh, and then we've really just been trying to see our friends from all over. I feel like the best part of coming to Charleston Food and Wine is you have the opportunity to see people that you don't necessarily get to see all the time. I spend a ton of time in New Orleans and a lot of time in California, but I don't really get to spend that much time with my East Coast chefs that support my business. Uh, so it's been really nice to see people and get an update on what they're doing. I feel like so many of people, so, so many of the people in our community have very interesting projects going on. Um, so right now, one project that you're working on is distribution. Yes. Tell us about what that entails. <laughs> what does that look like? So I um, have been self-distributing to a lot of states um, as we've been growing our brand and um, sort of getting the foundational support from bars and restaurants across the country. And now that we've kind of grown into uh, a bigger company, we've sort of recognized the need to partner with distributors in pretty much every state. It's just gotten to the point of where it's cumbersome and expensive uh, to be shipping um, individual packages to all of our supporters across the country. So I'm really spending probably 50% of my time working strictly on distribution in states. I'm super excited to open Mississippi on March 24th. I think that'll be um, a fun but um, good test of how ready our warehouse and our manufacturing processes are for this. Um, I also have a supplier diversity deal with Costco, which is very exciting. Uh, we'll be working on that for the rest of the year, uh, rolling out in Texas, Oklahoma, and uh, Louisiana. And then uh, we're starting to have conversations with distributors in other states, like uh, we're working really hard on Georgia. We've had some conversations in Florida. Uh, so really just trying to start with uh, states that make sense for us and have proximity to New Orleans, but also working on key markets. We have a lot of chef support in New York. I'd like to um, see a situation happen there, but Us we're working too. on it. We would yes. love to see that work out in New York. Yes. Um, yeah, so when you're talking to a distributor, like, what is that conversation? What are you asking them? What questions are you asking them? What, are, what do you want to hear when they're talking about how they're going to distribute your product in that state? So a lot of it has to do with making sure the partnership is right. So for us, working with artisan producers that really understand um, sourcing, the quality of materials, that uh, work with a lot of these uh, single batch, um, smaller companies is the, is the right fit for us. Uh, a lot of times we've found that when we work with bigger distri dis, um, distributors, our products sort of get lost in the portfolio uh, because they're working with producers that are just distributing like maybe in a week or in a month, the quantity that we're producing in a year, you know? Um, so making sure that the match is correct is probably the most critical component. And then from the, there, just making sure that the relationship is right and that it's somebody that we can work really well together and that um, is a relationship that everybody on our team is excited about and, as well as on their side as well. And I'm curious, when it comes to scaling your actual production, as you're growing your distribution, that means that like, you know, 
theoretically, right. and toes crossed, that means that you're going to be selling a lot more products. So how right. do you balance, like, you're growing your distribution, um, but, like, scaling up your manufacturing capabilities so that you can meet those needs that will be coming as you expand into new markets? Right. So the um, biggest product project we undertook in 2019 is actually building out a new facility and moving, uh, which took, like four times as long as we thought it would. It was very stressful, but we did it. So in October, we moved into a new facility in Uptown New Orleans. It's on Chapatula Street. And um, it's really given us the capability of expanding our manufacturing by a factor of four. So we really wanted to make sure that we set ourselves up for success in the beginning and that we would have um, the additional manufacturing capabilities to take on these new distribution relationships. And it's worked really well. Um, we do foresee the need to either move again or expand in, into, if we were to buy our facility, we, we could potentially put another building out back and expand where we are. So we're actively working with uh, a broker and trying to talk with our bankers to figure out what that next step would be. Uh, I feel like it's, it's a pretty stressful situation to figure out because you're always like, is it the chicken or the egg? And what do I do? Um, but it's been fun um, to to talk to our part to our friends and uh, different partners like Highwire here in Charleston who just went through a similar project uh, to see that they've had success with it even though financially it can be a little bit stressful and to sort of figure out what that uh, timeline looks like for us like when when that next expansion will happen and in in having that physical expansion of space you've really jump through a lot of hoops as far as <laughs> I have the city of New Orleans yes. and you, you know, I, I love that you were so open about sharing what the real trials and tribulations of growing a business what that's like on your social media it's wild <laughs> why is that why, why do you do that like why do you want people to see sort um, of like the highs and the lows so I feel like a lot of times social media is like a false positive of like everything's great and so many people also see the success that I've had with El Guapo and they're quick to, to think that man she's killing it she's making so much money and they don't necessarily see the investment of time and financially that it takes to get to this point and it's not always perception is reality. Like a, a lot of times it's different. So I want to just make sure that I'm open and honest with people as much as I can be about the downside or the negative aspects of what it really takes when you're on a roller coaster of a, of a business that is growing. Um, in the middle of us moving, the hard rock collapse happened in New Orleans, which has been a terrible ordeal for all of our workers at City Hall. And then right off of the hills of that, we had a crazy cyber attack. And actually still, a lot of the documentation has been lost. There have been a lot of issues with our one-stop and planning department. And I think that sometimes those are the things that are very frustrating and people don't talk about, but also the things that it helps younger entrepreneurs who are coming along after us that have no experience at that. I kind of want them to see behind the curtain of like, oh, well, when you open your business, like there's going to be great things that happen, but then you're also going to have to deal with these very technical, official aspects of things. And it's not always perfect. And sometimes it can take you nine months to get a document that the somebody in the mayor's office told you you'd have in a week. And, you know, it, they need to know that. So I try to be open and honest and try to also put some humor in there. It's not all like drab and jury, but I do try to like definitely put that out there and just be really honest about what's going on. I love that. And I mean, because because you're you're lucky in that your parents had a very similar business to, to your yes. current business growing up. So you you know, you had role models in sort of that trajectory. I did. And 
you know, are, are you looking to like mentor other young entrepreneurs the way yes. you were mentored growing up? Yes. So I'm pretty proud of the fact that I just got my women's, um, woman-owned business certification from the federal government, which is a big deal. Congratulations. Uh, so that's been exciting. And I'm definitely starting to talk more to younger entrepreneurs or even new entrepreneurs. There's a tea company in New Orleans that's looking uh, to get their product out in the market. And that's been a fun thing for me to sort of help and consult on an unofficial basis just because I want her to be successful. I'm pretty passionate about female entrepreneurship specifically. And I love talking to women who are trying to get into the consumer packaged goods industry. Maybe they're chefs, maybe they're, you know, they have an idea for a product and they don't quite know how to get that introduction to a co-packer or what do they do about branding or is this even a good idea? Those are conversations that I love to have. Uh, and I'm definitely trying to spend some time on that just because it's important to me. And um, I think it's something that not enough people are paying attention to. Yeah. What are some like, I know you, you like to do events that you find valuable or uh, where you can develop more partnerships and collaborations. What are some of the events throughout the year that, you know, you think are important and that you enjoy going to? So I am a huge supporter and member of the Good Food Foundation. They put on the Good Food Awards in San Francisco every year. I'm a judge now for their liquor category, which is not a bad job. It's <laughs> super fun. <laughs> so that'll be coming up this fall again. Uh, but I love the Good Food Awards. Uh, I love being out there every January and then also going to judge and just be a part, being a part of that whole process. We're actually in the middle of launching two SKUs specifically to the Good Food Foundation so that a portion of the profit from that will go back to the foundation to help them grow their in, all of their initiatives. Uh, I also... It, well, I'm biased because I'm from New Orleans, but Tales of the Cocktail every summer is really important to me. I think that having a strong local and regional um, microbrew and micro distillery um, like group of people is very important. Uh, and I've, Charleston Food and Wine has been really fun. This is my first time here, so maybe this one will get added to the list after, after this. I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm also looking at new opportunities to see what else I haven't participated in yet that maybe would be a good idea for our company as well. Well, anytime we have a party, we'd love to have you. Yeah, I know. We got to get y'all down to New Orleans. I know. I know. Let's make that. Well, speaking of New Orleans, I was going to say, you know, I can't really think of a, a city that has quite as iconic, like a cocktail and bar culture as, as New Orleans does. So, like, I'd love to hear kind of like your take on like what what is making you excited in New Orleans right now? Like, where are you eating? Where are you drinking? Who are you excited Ooh. to see um, what their next steps are? <laughs> so I can plan my next trip. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my friends, Bill and Richard just opened a new restaurant in New Orleans called Blue Giant. It's an American Chinese concept that's based on in the Lower Garden District on Magazine. And it is to die for. Uh, just before I left to come to Charleston, I took my um, future mother-in-law and my daughter and my significant other uh, to Blue Giant, and they were making um, a whole like lump crab meat crab rangoons with with like the whole lump crab in it, Yum. and it yes. would it like changed my life. And now wow. I'm like I would really want to go home and have that again. It was so good. Um, but I feel like there's so many exciting new restaurants that are opening in New Orleans. I love Justine. Uh, La Petite is a good classic. Saba is amazing. Um, Thalia, Kristen Essig's new restaurant, uh, is incredible. Um, their uh, executive chef, Anna Castro, was just nominated as a James Beard Rising Star. Um, but it's been, I don't know, there's so many great things happening in New Orleans right now. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Right now. Let's. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to wrap up with Krista, yeah. um, but we're going to jump off the air for a minute, plan our New Orleans trip, and then we'll be back with Mickey Baxt of Charleston Grill and Ben's Friends. 
Krista, thanks for like literally everything. Yeah, thanks you're the for best. having me here. Everyone, yeah. and where can people find El- information about where they can buy El Guapo? So our website is elguapobitters.com. You can find us on social media, uh, mostly Instagram at elguapobitters, and uh, you can find us at Whole Foods and Costco, and then various fine retailers nationwide. Thanks, Krista. Thank you. Thanks Thanks again to the Julia Child Foundation for supporting our coverage of Charleston Wine and Food Festival. I'm Kat Johnson with Hannah Ford, and we'll be right back. This program is powered by Simplecast.